This podcast brought to you by Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. You can listen at mixcloud.com slash daddy jams. Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. No doubt, son, this is not just about fun. We will not be out. Welcome to TBF, a Browns fans podcast. Oh, I love a win on a Thursday night, don't you? Man, that was a nice win. I thought they did well. Yeah, go ahead, Browns. Now, there there were some moments even still in that game which led you to scratch your head. Am I right, guys, yeah. or was I watching a lot? Man, yeah. a lot of head scratching going on for Bill. There were some. There were some. But overall, overall... A level-headed approach, a safe game, and and the Browns played man all night. Okay, yeah, buddy. No more of that zone shit. Although it it begs it, it begs for us to understand exactly how they can't get zone defense right. Okay, this is just right. yeah, amazing. What's up with that? It's totally amazing. It's totally amazing. But let's get this damn thing started. TBF, a Browns fans podcast here to talk about the Browns Thursday night win in week three over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. Say it again. Yes. Yes. All day. Okay. So what's really cool. What's really cool is there's some really cool things. Like when on when Friday came around, guys. Friday came around, and Kevin Stefanski was hoping against hope for Anthony Walker's knee injury. Right, and and, and just just to let you know how that worked out, uh, Cleveland Browns linebacker Anthony Walker to miss rest of season with torn quad tendon. So yeah, I saw <laughs> hoping against hope just doesn't <clears throat> work sometimes. You know, the guy that did that swore he was playing regular football, but there was a good second or two when he was down on the ground, visibly hurt when he fell on him. That When he fell on him, did that cause the injury, or was he hurt yeah, before I, he fell Fell on him, that's a nice term for the way that Pittsburgh that, right, guy exactly. jumped on his ass. Okay. I felt they should have had an unnecessary yeah. roughness okay. call there. Yeah. I'm actually surprised. That's what I thought he was calling. Now I do. I saw the replay, and it didn't really look like he looked down at him in a way to try to figure out whether he was hurt or not. He was also looking down the field when he plopped on him. I know it is a play move for guys to to get down on a guy so they can't get back up, but he did. But he did. But he did kind of plop on him. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Didn't he have hands to the face before that even happened, though? I thought that was not right. Well, no, they didn't call hands to the face because he didn't grab it. So um, I don't know about you guys, but on Thursday night, I went two screens, okay? I had the game yeah. on the one screen, and then I had 
compared the game with the next-gen Amazon Prime AWS stats on the other one where they're showing, man, that was pretty cool shit. That's pretty yeah. cool shit. Was it pretty eye-opening? I mean, did it give you a lot of stuff you it wanted was great. to hear? It was great to watch. I mean, you, they had they had clearly, obviously, have sensors in everybody's fucking pads because when the people are on offense, you can watch them go. It tells you how fast they're running, all that shit. It's great. Oh, wow. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Now, I recorded it. I'll, I recorded it. I'll be editing some of that down and doing something funny with it or something, but I'll send you guys something. Okay. Cool. Here's oh, a headline. Sounds- Here's a headline you'll like to hear. Chasing greatness. Nick Chubb has started this NFL season on the same pace as Cleveland Browns legend Jim Brown. Yeah. Every successful Cleveland running back is inevitably compared to Jim Brown. An NFL legend and Hall of Famer, Brown is considered one of the best to ever play the position and perhaps the sport. No pressure then, Nick Chubb, right? Yeah, no pressure. Yeah, fifth-year running back Nick Nick Chubb has already cemented himself as an impressive reputation. He's already cemented himself an impressive reputation in the league reaching three Pro Bowls and rushing for 4,816 yards through his first four seasons. Oh, yeah. By the way, last week he went over 5,000 yards in the second game of his fifth season. No. Wow. A key component in the Browns' offense, Chubb uh, has once again found himself compared to the man, the myth, the legend, Jim Brown. After the Browns won their Thursday night matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers, 29-17, ESPN's Jake Trotter tweeted, Nick Chubb has rushed for 341 yards. That's the most through three games by a Browns player since Jim Brown in 1963. Wow. You know how many yards Jim Brown ran in three games? I have no idea. 489. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Despite the wow. fact he's been retired since 1966, Brown still leads the league in rushing yards per game with 104.3. That's a career stat, guys. I just want you to know that for nine years, this guy ran the ball and ended up with an average yards per game of 104.3. No shit. And remains the only player to have an average in the triple digits. Brown is wow. also still Cleveland's all-time leading rusher with 12,312 yards and touchdowns with 106, as well as total touchdowns with 126. In nine seasons. In nine seasons, yes. An NFL wow. champion, three-time NFL MVP, eight-time first-team All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler, and eight-time NFL rushing yards leader, it seems almost cruel to measure the success of current players against his this remarkable haul of Browns. But do you, do you get that? He was a pro bowler every fucking year he was in the league, even his rookie season. Okay. Wow. And he, eight of the nine years he was in the league was the NFL rushing title winner. Amazing. Amazing. So on the same pace as Jim Brown's, 
I mean, 342, 489, is that the same pace? I don't know. <clears throat> Feels like clickbait, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Chubb is great in his own right, but that's a little, yeah, I get you. Okay, um, Pro Football Talk had a very interesting <clears throat> article here. This is by Mike Florio, and he poses the question. Could Jacoby Brissett keep the starting job after Deshaun Watson returns? Interesting question. Yeah, it is. I, I ain't going to talk about it. I will no. comment on that a little bit. Okay. I knew, after, I knew after <clears throat> that game people were going to say that. Well, that's okay. true. That's that's actually, yeah, predictable. It's predictable. Yeah. It's not, it's not a question that shouldn't be posed a little bit because uh, let's just say, for instance, if Jacoby Brissett plays the way he has the last two games consistently the rest of the season, it will be hard to justify pulling him. I think the only way you justify putting Watson in is because of the money you paid him. But do you want to disrupt the rhythm that he has? Well, well, but, but that's talking too much. That's if he does it. Okay. Right. Exactly. We don't, like this. we're not even close to knowing yet. Well, cause what perspective is his first game? He had an 80 something quarterback rating. <laughs> if you take away the inf- the interception from the second game and you mm-hmm. include the last game, he's over a hundred quarterback rating, both games. Okay. okay. He's been, he's played really, really well. The last two games. Now, the only thing I've seen out of Jacoby Brissett, and, and I have, you know, my coworker even mentioned it. I didn't even have to, state you know like what i felt about it he mentioned it right off as well he noticed the same thing he is late with his reads his reads aren't bad but he's late delivering the ball sometimes on stuff that could be they could be really nice places just a late it's just like i think i think that he's gonna be able to fix that because i i mean i really like what i'm seeing i'm i'm surprised that he's doing this well and i think he'll only get better Okay, okay. Geez, I wasn't really wasn't gonna say anything, but here, let me just wait. <laughs> let me just wait. I think you've seen the best Jacoby Brissett has to give. Now, whether he can consistently give that week in, week out, I don't know. Up to this point in his career, it's been up and down. Okay, right, right. I don't I like see. Fire. I don't. I don't see any reason to expect anything different. I'm not I'm not expecting a letdown per se, but I'm telling you that the quality of teams that we're going to be facing, not starting with next week, because I think starting with next week is <clears throat> the last quote unquote easy game we really need to win. Okay. Because <clears throat> it gets ugly after that. The, be- the beauty of Jacoby, and I, I don't even know if I want to say this because is this like knock knock on wood, is that he, he doesn't give up the ball. He he. You know what I mean? It's okay. Knock on wood. Yeah. And then then, like, I don't know how many attempts he's got as a Brown, but it shakes out with his stats. Okay. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And he's only got one pick. And even that was kind of like a forced situation. Okay. Which that's not a pick he would have thrown in the course of a game. If it hadn't been the situation it was. I heard a number that was impressive about him. Uh, one interception for 71. That's uh, what I'm saying. I said, I don't yeah. know how many, com- that's what exactly what I referred to. Okay. Is okay. that, yeah. you know, I don't know how many attempts he has, but if you throw that one pick in there, along with all the attempts, I'm sure that falls right in with his averages. 
But right. okay. it also means that every 71 attempts, he's going to throw a pick. Nobody is pick less. Okay. Right. Now, no, nobody. Not even Tom. I wouldn't want to point this out about the whole, like, this being his peak for us. I kind of agree this is probably his peak, what he's played for us. If if he gets at all any better than this, this is this will be the warning. This is the if. Now, like I said, it's a big if. This is we have to wait and see. I'm not trying to get overexcited about Brissett. Okay. But if Brissett were to play any better than this, Brissett would basically be having a coming out party for himself in the NFL on the Browns. Okay. And us contemplating replacing him or not becomes a much bigger story because it, if we replace him, he'll go be starting for another team. If he starts playing any better than he's already played, then like he won't be begging for a job. Okay, that's I'm I'm, I'm I am pleasantly pleased though. I have to say, anyway, he's at that cusp though. Like let's uh, right now, so. let's give Mike Florio the floor here because his point is good. Just listen. If Cowboys owner Jerry Jones can muse about Cooper Rush possibly playing well enough to keep Dak Prescott on the sidelines. Why can't the Browns ponder a similar situation? Hey, Jacoby Brissett is playing well for three games. The Browns have compiled a two and one record. They'd be three and oh, if they better manage the clock at the end of Sunday's game against the Jets, how many wins over the next eight games does Brissett need to create the same kind of dilemma that Jones Jones seems to be trying to speak into existence in Dallas? With two wins in the bank, a four and four mark over the remaining games Deshaun Watson will miss would put them at six and five. Win five of eight, they'd be seven and four. Go six and two, the Browns would be eight and three after 11 games. Next, the Browns travel to Atlanta to face the Falcons. Then it's consecutive home games against the Chargers and Patriots. Week seven at the Ravens, week eight, the Bengals on Monday night football. Uh, after a bye, it's it's at Miami, at the Bills, and a visit from the Bucks. That trio of games preceding uh, Watson's return will make it easier to pivot to Watson, since it's entirely possible the Browns will be riding a three-game losing streak when Week 13 rolls around. Well, what if <clears throat> Brissett wins one or two of those games? What if yeah. the Browns are seven and four, or eight and three? Yeah. What's in the best interest of the team? Sticking with the hot hand or inserting a quarterback who has gone 700 days exactly between regular season games? 700, no, than- 700 days. Okay. Yeah, man. Peter King yeah. said on uh, Friday's PFT Live that in August, Browns coach Kevin Stefanski said Watson absolutely will start when his suspension ends. Hopefully the Browns will be a little more flexible and strategic than that. Hopefully they won't turn Watson turned to Watson simply because they gave up so much to get him and because they endured so much scrutiny to have him on the team. It may not be an issue. The Browns could be five or six or worse after 11 games, making the return of Watson a no-brainer. At some point, however, it should be automatic that Watson will become the starter. Not after... it. it no, it shouldn't be automatic that Watson will become the starter, not after missing so much time. Right. Well, let me just say this. And I just found it very interesting that continually, this has been like once a week, every week, you see a small story drop that says, a reminder, Deshaun Watson has to comply before he can be reinstated 
And it is not going to be Deshaun Watson saying, yes, I went, that is compliant. It is going to be the person that is seeing him, that is prescribing treatment to him, that will determine, evaluate, and say whether or not Deshaun Watson has complied. Yeah, so he's going to need the recordation to support his claim. Right, right. Yeah, well, no. But whatever treatment is recommended... If it's having efficacy, in other words, if listen, these are going to be behavioral scientist type people, okay, that are working with Deshaun on the behavioral issue he has, okay? They are going, they, they will have measurables, okay? They're going to, you know, you can fake no, a lot no of shit. You can fake a lot of shit, okay? But, but just saying. So, I mean, everybody's just counting like, hey, 11, 11 games goes by, Deshaun's back. No, Deshaun, at that point, it'll be determined whether he's back. And I would not be shocked at all if the league comes out and says, yeah, we need, he's going to need a few more weeks. Well, I tell you what. I, I just wouldn't <clears throat> surprise me at all for the league to sneak in this this clausation that allows them to stretch him to a full fucking season. I can't say I disagree, but I hope not. I'll just say that. I'm gonna, if Jacoby's playing the way he is, I won't give a shit. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Because that whole thing kind of reinstituted what I just said. If Jacoby plays even a little bit better than what he's playing right now, you're getting in talks of why he shouldn't be a quarter starting quarterback in the league, not just for us. Oh, okay. right. Oh yeah. So yeah. that's why I'm saying like the same thing with the Cooper rush thing. It's like, that's what that comparison is right now. Jacoby, the way he, he him in first game one was kind of what we were expecting. Right. And then our team needed to capital lot capitalize on the safe, good play and win a game. Right. Maybe mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit better than what he played in game. Right. Game right. two, he actually yeah. played really good. Yeah. Okay. He played yeah. really I think he played better in game two than than game three, honestly, in my opinion, in the totality. Well, you the just totality had the of the game was that the end of it kind of screwed that all up. Yeah. Right. That screwed that all up. Statistically, three, he was much better. Right. Game three, he played good. If he, played he real plays good. if he plays any better, honestly, if he steps up any more to play better than like his timing gets better and stuff, that's one thing that could make him look better. Okay, that he has he, in the last two so, games. But in the post game interviews, don't you? Doesn't he look like one of the Wayans brothers? Yeah, he <laughs> kind of has that. Wow. I mean, he does. He does. He kind of looks like it's like, wow, he's the lost Wayans brother. Dude, his quarterback rating was 109 point something, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, great. We're going to be talking. We're going to be talking about that when right. we look at those stats. I mean, right. we know it was good, though, because we bought, we all saw it. There was very few incompletions. And, right. uh, him and him and Amari Cooper have clearly developed a chemistry. Right. Yes. That was yeah. the other thing yeah. I was going to point out. Him and Amari have developed a chemistry, okay? He's getting it to him consistently. The other thing I want to point out is the question of how many more games you have to win. Honestly, I think you will start hearing it not after an Atlanta win. But if we win against Atlanta and then we go to the Chargers and win right after that, I think you'll start hearing it. Yep. Yeah. You can start hearing it everywhere. Because if you beat the Chargers. Would you you take him out? Because if we go on that winning streak, bam, 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 and then people look and say, dang, they could be 
undefeated had they not messed yeah. up and we beat the Chargers because the Chargers is going to be the first team we play was like they have an elite quarterback, too. If we win that game, I could already see the talks being had. Why yes. would you take them out? OK, but, and, yeah. And, and I will <laughs> say this. And listen, I don't want to hop on the Buffalo Bills bandwagon to the degree, but I want to make a statement because I've watched them play. I've watched Josh Allen and the Bills play, and they do look like this year's unstoppable force. Okay. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah. So having said that, um, I want to see how, how our guys fare against them, specifically offensively, because the addition of Von Miller took an already – pretty well-tooled defense and just gave him another tool. Okay. To get to the quarterback. So, and again, Jacoby under duress, honestly, we've seen a couple sacks, but we haven't seen a lot of under duress. No, Jacoby's getting the ball out quick, you know, so let's, you know, take it under advisement, but let's just, you know, keep a look on this because, Thank you, offensive line. And did you see the T-shirt he was wearing in the interview, by the way? What did it say? It had both of his offensive linemen, I think. Uh, God, I can't remember the names now. But it was just singing their praises, basically. Yeah, if you look at that, it's very okay. it's, it's cool. cool. Well, yeah. On the small subject of Buffalo, they have played two teams. They have basically blew out both of them. Okay. Their defense has looked And one amazing. of them was the Super Bowl winner. Let's just say that. One of them were the Super Bowl winners. They're about to go play probably the best current offense maybe right now, other than them, the way they're playing maybe right now, the Dolphins. Oh, I yeah, that's by the, first way, two game, by the first way, three that games, is the game I want to see tomorrow. But yeah. the, who, who do they play? The Bills. Buffalo and the Dolphins. Dolphins, Bills. Oh, yeah, that's going to be very interesting. So when we get to them, you're right. It will be a really good test for our offense because it putting up points against them is it's already you can see it's hard. They put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. It so really we need chaps to be ready my ass every time I watch Josh Allen play. I'm just saying. I know. I know. I mean, <laughs> why? Why? Why does it do that, guys? Come on, tell me why. We, we we know why. We could have had him. That's why. Because we but we took Baker Mayfield. Right. Baker, because Baker's better, I guess. Hey, did, well, did guess you what? Have... Those Baker's Panthers beat the Bills in the last preseason. <clears throat> did, in did the last both... preseason game, yeah. <laughs> okay, I just want to be clear if that was a preseason game, yeah, not I'm happening you, in the regular you season. That sarcasm I had in yeah. my voice. Did you both see in the beginning of the game Garland and Mitchell smashing the Pittsburgh guitar over the amplifier? Yes, that was funny. I, I like that. Okay. So, hey, check this. Here's a headline for you guys. Everyone said the same thing about the Cowboys after Amari Cooper's performance. Okay. Earlier this year, the Dallas Cowboys trade wide receiver Amari Cooper to the Cleveland Browns for a 2022 fifth-round pick and swapping a 2022 sixth-round pick. So far, it looks like the Browns have won the trade in a landslide. Last week, Cooper had nine catches for 101 yards and a touchdown in a shootout with the Jets. He nearly put up that same stat line this Thursday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Through the first three weeks of the 2022 season, Cooper has 19 catches for 219 yards and two TD. After seeing Cooper go back-to-back games with at least 100 receiving yards and a touchdown, the NFL world called out the Cowboys for getting rid of him 
for a late round pick. Uh, a guy named Doug Kide uh, said, I'm not going to lie. It was weird for the Cowboys to trade 28-year-old Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick because he was making $20 million a year when 11 wide receivers then went on to sign contracts worth at least $20 million a year this offseason. Right. <clears throat> Amari Cooper tonight, and this is uh, Everin Demarell. Um, Amari Cooper tonight really makes you wonder what the Cowboys were thinking. Yeah. Well, it was okay. about the money for them. Well, do you, do they, you well, wonder? Okay. So here's another article. And this says, this says, I don't know. I haven't read it myself. I'm going to read it with you guys. Jerry Jones reveals why Cowboys traded Amari Cooper. After posting back-to-back games with over a hundred receiving yards and a touchdown, NFL veteran receiver Amari Cooper is making the Dallas Cowboys look pretty bad for trading him to the Cleveland Browns in return for just a fifth-round pick as the fans blasted the decision on Thursday night. But apparently, Cowboys owner and general manager Jerry Jones has his reasons. In a radio show appearance with 105.3 The Fan on Friday afternoon, Jones revealed that the reason the Cowboys traded Cooper was to clear cap space to improve the team in other areas, saying, you can't have it all. And that's not a lie, I guess. I mean, that's, I can't, you know. Okay, I'm just saying, what's the Cowboys record right now? Yeah, right. Okay. I'm just saying. And so where did you actually improve, uh, Jerry? I mean, what was that? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, here's a headline that I'm not sure how to take it, but it does let us talk momentarily about some of the most idiotic sports news this week. More details emerge in in Ime Udoka's situation. Plus, the Browns are lucky to have Nick Chubb. <clears throat> no doubt. Oh, so, so, the, if the Cleveland Browns want to stay in the AFC playoff picture until Deshaun Watson returns, they're going to have to use the same formula they used in their 29-17 win over the Steelers on Thursday. A dominant ground game, a solid quarterback performance, and a terrific defensive effort. So what's the... Um, the okay. Oh. More details emerge with his uh, Ime Udoka's relationship with Stafford. Okay, so according to the report, the Celtics originally believed the relationship was consensual. However, the woman recently accused Udoka of making unwanted comments toward her which prompted the organization's investigation. And she's married. Hmm. Well, now. Well, now. Like Nia Longo be whooping her some ass. Okay, have y'all seen that that one clip from the, I don't even know what show it's in. It's her and Tracy Ellis Ross with Kanye West. And and Nia is like, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? No. Oh my no, god. No, I haven't it's, seen it's that. It's fucking hilarious. Dude. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. And it and somebody put it on. This is what this is how Nia Long is 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 dealing with the MA Udoka problem right now. Do you know who I my mean, my name is Nia Long? <laughs> I mean my, my whole thing is, you know, dude, if you're gonna cheat, don't shit in your own backyard like and lose your job and career over it. I mean, come on, man. Damn. Well, some people get beside themselves when they get in the place they've always wanted to be. Yeah, apparently so. Humility is a key 
ingredient for people <clears throat> who are experiencing success in their life. Okay. Exactly. It's a great tool. Well, I told you about Kevin Stefanski hoping for hope, right? Mm, I'm not sure. Say again. Yeah. He was hoping for hope, but with hoping against hope for Anthony Walker's knee injury. It didn't work. Right. Okay? Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when take this under advisement, when you, when your option is to hope against hope, right? Yeah. Don't. It, doesn't it, it, it usually it doesn't, doesn't work out. Yeah. No. Yeah. The Cleveland Guardians are playing like it's 1995, y'all. Dude. Dude. Amazing. Two more games with the Texans. And the dude, magic number, them, but they, they swept the Sox. They went to Chicago and swept the Sox. And what happens is, is they, they reduce their magic number to five wins. Five wins, and they clinch the Central. Right. That's it. They just win five games. <clears throat> Not impossible. Not, not at all. So, uh, how, how do you think <clears throat> the defense graded? What's your, what's your, what's your take? I think they get a C plus or a B minus. Yeah. Cause I can't give them more than that because I know what they're capable of. And I still didn't see it. I know they played adequately. They played. They played like a good average NFL defense. Yeah, when that uh, when you said terrific, I was like terrific. Yeah, not terrific. I will say adequate. I'd say I'd give them a, I give them a B minus two. It would be a B, but they did have a couple of secondary hiccups, even though they played better. Mm-hmm. And I give them the B minus because they it would be a C if it weren't for the fact that they were missing Clowney. So they stood up, did well on the defensive line for missing somebody. How would you okay, grade right. special teams? Walker, an A. An A? Oh, and actually, no. I would do a B minus because we missed the. Yeah, um, we um, we muffed the freaking kickoff. Okay. Uh, yeah, special the, teams aren't the, doing yeah, that. But we had some. Yeah. But we had some. But the punter almost gravitates them into a B. He had some amazing punts. Right, amazing <laughs> punts, which. Amazing punts, but I'm telling you, we need a guy that can catch a fucking ball and field it on a kickoff or a punt, and it's becoming clear we don't have that guy. So I'll put it yeah. this way on my me giving them a... It's not Felton, that's for sure. I'll give them... I'll put it this way on me giving them a B. We had a lot of stuff that would make our special teams last game an A+, plus, but the miss extra point, okay, and the muff kick bring it down to a B. Let's put it that way. Exactly. Okay. I'll put it down. Uh, Felton can't hang on to the ball. Who who are we going to get back there? Ford was back there a couple times. Well, Ford's the guy that, that muffed the kickoff. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it was it was it was scary. <sighs> what are you going to do, huh? Hey, I okay, heard Schobert hey, he comes J- back. Safety John Johnson III says that the Browns' new defensive huddle format help secure the win versus the Steelers. We weren't oh. running around like we didn't know shit because we had just talked to each other. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, whatever hey. worked. So the communication got a little better. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Be telling me about green dots. I, You know, it's the last thing I want to hear out of a defensive player. Well, 
you know, they're moving the green dot. Dude, you, you need to stop. <laughs> hey, hey, we don't. Yeah, but we really it could have been an issue, man. We don't know. I mean, I, I don't understand, know. but uh, the, the fans don't need to be hearing about green dots. OK, I'm just saying. Right. When green dots become a problem, there's bigger problems than green dot. Yeah, okay. but do green dot. <laughs> yeah. So oh, it's time. Time to look at the, the stats, man. All right. It was 9-22-2022. It was a Thursday. The time was, it was 8 a Thursday? Yeah, it was 8.15 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. The, the weather was cloudy. The stadium, the stadium had grass for turf. It was 60 degrees. Humidity 54% with winds from the southeast at 21 miles per hour. And they clocked at 24 at one point. Yeah. With the wind chill, it was 57 degrees on the field. Good, crisp fall weather. Great football weather. Referee Martin Clay. Line Dudge Shaka Maia. I'm sorry, All Clay right. Martin and Maya Shaka and it was the line judge. And Greg Wilson was the back judge. The umpire was Fred Bryan. Field judge was James Coleman. And by the way, I watched Maya Shaka running up and down that field, the line judge there, and she was getting her yeah. work out. I can tell you that. Man. Uh, James Coleman was the field judge. Brian Matoran was the replay official. The down judge was Gerard Phillips. And Dave Hawkshaw was the side judge. Hmm. And by the All way, right. for once, I had a game where I really didn't have any contentious feeling toward an official about a badass call on Thursday night. Did you guys? Only one call. And that I felt that we got that first down. They said we didn't. But I just, I kind of took really it. I really was weirded out by them going back <clears throat> to look at it. Right. Because nobody really threw was. a red flag. Um, my only right. problem with how they return, overturned it. I could see where the possibility was that they wanted to do it, okay? But every other time I've seen the amount of evidence that there was for them to do it, because there's a guy in the way, okay? And if you use the reverse angle that they showed the very first time that they never went back to, they just kept showing this one from the front angle where you can't even see, okay? Yeah, I never saw it. When it looked like Chubb's, when it looked like Chubb's knee hit the, the turf, yeah, you couldn't see, okay? whether the ball was past it enough, it was close enough to where it was like, because the guy's body was in the way on that one too, but you could at least see that the knee was there and where the guy's body was, there's a complete possibility that he made the first down. Okay. From the other angle, you, from the other angle, you could see where his torso maybe was, but you couldn't tell by the time the knee went down, you couldn't tell anywhere where the ball See, was. That was okay? my problem with it because they called first down on the field. It didn't seem like indisputable evidence that it wasn't a first down. No, it didn't. I didn't see no. where they saw undisputable evidence. Everything I saw was them trying to guess where it was past a dude's body. Okay? I, understand, most- I understand what you're saying, but I cannot in my mind assume that I saw what they saw. I don't no, know. No, that I, can't I, I don't know that they showed us the clip those guys looked at. Uh, maybe they didn't because the they, two they that they showed, did. the two that they showed, the two one that they kept repeating was less revealing to me, revealing to me than the first one that they right. showed from behind. So basically, and then, if, if they overturned it based on what they showed us on TV, they're full of shit. Okay, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought so. 
Yeah, that was that surprised the hell out of me, man. Yeah, have you guys was, ever had uh, yeah. ever fresh mango juice? No. Oh, this yeah. stuff is great. It, it says with with other natural flavors, mango with other natural flavors. I'm just convinced that those other flavors are sugar and <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Sugar and sugar, sugar and sugar. It's a mango. 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 Mango is pretty, pretty sweet just by itself. boy. Yeah. Wow. But dude, this stuff is, I mean, you know, these are the juices that you can get when you go to the, you know, package store to buy your liquor. You know, they'll have the lime and the mango and the orange and, you make some really good drinks with this stuff, okay? Yeah, mango, mm-hmm. mango, mango. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mango, mango, mango. Get some good vodka, you're set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, mango, you can throw some tequila on that, too. Oh, no doubt. You know, you can throw tequila on cornflakes, but I wouldn't eat them if I... No, yeah. What, what would you call those, anyway? <laughs> <laughs> tequila flakes? I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, there you go. Anyway, so <clears throat> rushing, the Steelers ran <laughs> twenty-two attempts for one hundred and four yards, four point seven a carry. Not bad. Along of eleven, two touchdowns because Najee Harris had one and Mitch Trubisky ran for one. Along of eleven. Yeah, that was their longest run on the night. Okay. No shit. Wow. Nick Chubb ran one more time than the entire Steelers staff, guys. Okay. 23 attempts for 113 yards at 4.9 a carry, a long of 36 and a touchdown. So in everything but the touchdown, Nick Chubb surpassed the entire staff for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. Wow. Uh, nice. Kareem Hunt had 12 attempts for 47 yards, 3.9 a carry, long of 11. And Jacoby Brissett ran three times for 11 yards, 3.7 a carry, six, uh, long of six. <clears throat> what do you have? Did you say 48 yards? Who? Uh, Kareem Hunt. No, he had 47. 47. Okay, yeah. I thought he had 48. No, okay. 47. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised uh, that he didn't have more, but he, oh, well. I'm not. They were keyed in on the run. Yes, but you still have especially, to have, especially in the fourth quarter. You still have to have that switch off, that that different that change of pace. Because sometimes that change of pace with Kareem Hunt, they're going to try to focus on it and they ain't going to get there. Okay. Yeah. There are days when they it seems like they have Chubb's number, <clears throat> and then those days is when you throw some Kareem Hunt at their ass. Right. Mitch Trubisky was uh, 20 of 32 for 207 yards, uh, a long of 36 with a quarterback rating of 81.1. No no interceptions, okay, but also Good. no touchdown. Right. Jacoby Brissett, 21 of 31 for 220 yards, two touchdowns, a long of 32, and no interceptions for a quarterback rating of 109.6. Yeah, buddy. Great. Great, Jacoby. Do that. Deontay Johnson led their receiving core with uh, getting eight receptions on 11 targets, along a 16 for 84 yards. He averaged 10.5 a catch. Pickens had three catches on a seven targets, 
uh, 39 yards, 13 to catch. Claypool, kind of quiet, three of six, 35 yeah, really yards, 7.7. Najee Harris, Harris caught three balls for five yards. Yeah. But, you know, and Fryer Moose, P. Fryer Moose, whatever his first name is, targeted four times, caught two of them for 41 yards, averaged 20.5 yards a catch, long of 26, okay? But Warren only had one catch for three. That was the Steelers for you in the past. They totaled for 207 yards past. Oh, okay. Claypool, very quiet for a guy who runs his mouth so much. That's all right. That's all right. We're going to get him again. We're going to get him again and embarrass him at home. Okay. But that comes later. I hope, I, I hope so. David and Joku read all, led all Browns receivers guys with nine receptions on 10 targets for 89 yards for 89 yards for an average of 9.9, a long of 19 and a touchdown. Mari yeah. Cooper's right there with him, but he only had yeah. seven catches for 101 yards, <laughs> seven catches on 11 targets for 101 yards. An average of 14.4 with a long of 32 and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt caught three balls, 14 yards. Yeah. On four targets, average 4.7 a catch, 11 yards long. Donovan Peoples-Jones kind of quiet, only targeted three times, only caught one for 10 yards. <clears throat> David Bell had a catch. Fault? David Bell had a catch. Yes. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, he was only targeted once, and he caught it for six yards. Uh, M. Forrestall was targeted once, did not catch it, and Nick Chubb didn't catch the one they threw at him. Anyway, that combined for 220 yards. We averaged 10.5 yards on passing plays. Well, that wasn't, wasn't bad. No, man. I, no I, interceptions I like what I either side of the ball. How about that? Yeah, you know, Trubisky actually didn't do a real bad job. He avoided our rush quite. I was surprised, you know. Well, Trubisky, I, I will point this out. We have um, Jacoby seems to be throwing a little late. Trubisky seems to be missing some things. He's seems he's he playing safe ball for them, too. It looks like, you know what I mean? He's missing no doubt. some stuff, though. Did he go downfield yeah. at all? I remember. Yeah, he had a he had. A uh, thirty-six yard uh, reception to Pickens. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. And a twenty-six yarder to Fryermuth. I'd call it downfield, wouldn't you? That's pretty much yeah. downfield. Yeah. yeah. That's downfield. Now, <laughs> let's be honest. Those downfield passes were when they were playing catch up late in the game, and we were kind of scaring the shit out of people, thinking we were going to let them back in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So, I mean, some, some listen, little, there's something wrong with the Browns' pass coverage late in games. I'm yeah. still, even yeah, there's, yeah. Thursday notwithstanding, okay? Fourth quarter, yep. You know, uh, Jacoby, some of his passes that I saw, they a few of those looked like they were on a rope, dude. Here's I mean, a, he threw them. Yeah, yeah, he put some arm on them, and on one of them, he, to Cooper in particular, he threw it so hard, Cooper couldn't catch it. 
Yeah, he was a little behind him, too, on that one. But he still No, no, no. That went right through his hands and hit him in the face mask. There was nothing behind him at all. He just couldn't catch it. It was He just had too much on it. There yeah. Was no, there was no behind. He wasn't behind Cooper at all on this or, pass. This pass was right on the money. Yeah. Okay. For your number one receiver, that's not behind. Yeah. Sketch. Yeah. Um, okay. Punts. There's a, as much of a direct comparison as you can have. <clears throat> and I want to say that I love Bohorkas. Okay. But to say that he was fantastic, then please heap some praise on Harvin for the Steelers because he outdid Bohorkas. Okay. He had oh, five, really? punch, five punts for 212 yards, an average of 42.4, a net of 40.2, along of 48. Bohorkas, he had five punts for 203 yards, an average of 40.6, a net of 36.6, a touchback, and a long of 61. Now, I was going to say, though, he's got to get some good points for that one that he put right there on the line yeah. or straight out of bounds. Yeah, so that, that's oh, the like, difference maker because I mean, those stat lines are so close, you could have said it was a, you know, a push. But yeah. the 61-yarder and two of those punts inside the 20, so that that was good. Where the Steelers yeah. punter only had one punt inside the twenty. They didn't get a return when they needed one. That last punt, they didn't get a yeah. return on. And that was, I mean, Man, to me, that's beauty. They I, didn't get a I, return. I'm just happy we got a punter and we got a field goal kicker. Yeah, he missed well, the here, one. Here, here's the thing: the Steelers didn't get a return on a punt <laughs> at all, guys. Right. They returned for no yards. Okay, that's it. They had no return. Yeah. We had one. We had two for eleven yards, an average, uh, an average of five point five, along of seven. So you know nobody right. was impressive on returning punt. I was no. just saying. I was just pointing out when we really needed them not to have a return. You know what I mean? Yeah. That last punt, he made sure they didn't have a return. That's true. So. That's true. <clears throat> okay, right. guys, it's time for the stats that count, the ones that make the difference. You tend to these, you win the game. Total first downs. The Browns had 22. The Steelers, 20. We had 10 by uh, rushing. They had nine. We had 12 by passing. They had 10. We had none by penalty. They, we gave them one, though. Mm. Oh, Yeah, we did. Third down efficiency. Listen to it and listen to it good, guys. But the Pittsburgh Steelers came to Cleveland and went one for nine. 11.1% on third down conversion. Which is very unstealing. Right. The yeah. Browns, the Browns were Credit six for, us. The Browns were six Browns. for 16, 37.5. Nice. Great. Well, it could be nicer. 37.5 is still not great. But no. it's, it's better than zero. It's better it than one. Win. It's better than one. You know, yeah, very unstealer like. Yeah, um, um, I'd also like to point out. Now, I do understand there was a give me touchdown there at the end. Mm-hmm. They got me it, okay. But I was pretty darn close in the in the um, scores. Dude, how about 21. that touchdown at the end? That was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I said twenty eight twenty one, and we were that's about, over about by a little bit get. under. That's about as yeah. close as you get. Um, fourth down efficiency. The, the Steelers were zero for zero for zero for zero percent. Oh. We were three for four at 75%. Yeah, baby. That's the Browns, man. All right, guys. Here, here go numbers. Listen to this. You're going to love it. Red zone efficiency. Steelers, 
two for three, 67%, you know, better than you want to allow, right? Yeah. yeah. But wait, the Browns were three for four, 75%. Outdo that number. This is the numbers you got to attend to. You beat them in red zone efficiency and some other combination of these other numbers, you're going to win the game. It doesn't always go like it went last Sunday against the Jets where you win every one of these categories except the score and and then you lose. Right, right. Goal to go efficiency. The Steelers were two for two, 100%. But you know what? The Browns were two for two, 100%. Yes, sir. Time of possession. The Browns 36.09 to the Steelers 23.51. Oh, Final and score, 29-17. You tend to these numbers, you win these games. Did you hear what, uh, what, uh, oh, uh, shoot. I hope I can get to it. Did you hear what the, uh, what coach, um, damn it, why can't I get his name? The Steelers Tom coach Tom said Tom. about Nick Chubb. He said, damn, that dude's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm try to get it because I think I'm pretty sure I pulled. Yeah, he said Nick Chubb controlled the game. I mean, he's not wrong. He nope. he did show when we when we needed to play honestly when the Browns needed a push. Nick Chubb was usually able to deliver an eight yard, seven yard run in that game. Okay, exactly. Yeah, even even though like like you said earlier, they really were clued in on the run. Okay. Hunt really, when Hunt was out there, Hunt didn't rush bad, but we didn't really get the the kind of um, Hunt wasn't getting the kind of room that he usually does. You know what I mean? I it feel was, like that the was Steelers a, don't have the mojo when it comes to coming to Cleveland anymore. Uh, no, I mean you could say that they were also they were also missing TJ Watt. Let's understand. Well, they're going to be missing him for the rest of the year. Mostly. For the rest of the year. Yeah. For the rest of the year. Yes, I understand. This is uh, the first team since 1999 that has beaten the Steelers three times. Now let's be clear. This ain't the first team. This is the first head coach that has beaten the Steelers three times. The team changes every year. You got turnover. You let guys go. Right. You sign new guys. This coach though, Kevin Stefanski. First head coach since the reestablishment of the Browns in Cleveland in 1999 that has beat the Steelers three times. Pretty impressive, <clears throat> if yes. I must say Wait. myself. And listen, Wait. I think Kevin Stefanski is still under scrutiny by management in Cleveland, and it's about his play calling, guys. I think it has become not necessarily Slightly. an issue, not necessarily an issue. But it is being monitored slightly better this on week. The, on the subject of play calling, okay, and Nick Chubb, okay, Nick Chubb is all currently on the same pace he was last year, okay. He's averaging five point five yards a carry as current, okay. What is different is last year he averaged sixteen point three carries through three games. This year he's averaging twenty point seven. Oh, I okay. love it. Oh, is he really? I did not think so. That is so, awesome. So if you yes. can see he's averaging the same amount of yards per carry right now. Okay. Right now, that's that's what he's 5.5. He averaged last year. Right now, this season, he's averaging 5.5. The only difference is he's getting more carries. So oh, that right. control we have over the game, mm-hmm. just like Tomlin said, that he's not running any different. Okay. 
but you're allowing him to lay more control on the game, though. Okay, me, you're controlling say, that flow. Let me just say this. Now, I want you guys watch this. Okay, just watch this happen in three games. Nick Chubb has gotten more than 20 carries in two of them. The game he didn't is the game we lost. This is true. Now, you could say say, say that that didn't have anything to do with it if you like, but I'm saying that at the end of the day, when you look at the stats, if you have got a bell cow back and he doesn't get 20, 20 carries, you're unless I'm not saying you always lose those games, but you know, odds on favorite eight times out of 10, you're going to lose those games. You got to feed the doggy. Yeah. Now, what I would like to point out, I do, I do think it's a luxury that the Browns have two backs. Okay. Because what the Browns do, why do feel he has not got the carries he has, he should have throughout his career so far, the volume. Okay. I do. Why well, I am happy about that we don't have to try to lean on giving them the volume that Derrick Henry has. Okay. Because Derrick Henry is my fantasy running back. I deserve the dunce cap for drafting Henry over Chubb because I had the choice to get Chubb. Oh I took God. Derrick Henry. I took Henry because volume. What I, did I, I do? looked at the I, I thought I raised pick. you look, right. Look, look <laughs> the first pick was Johnston Taylor was taken. So <clears> I, sat so with, I sat there and I said, Chubb. Or Derrick Henry, right? And I was like, Henry is gonna get volume. Okay. So I was like, he's the better fantasy because even if Chubb runs similar this year, more volumes, more yards, right? Yeah, exactly. And here's right. Kevin Stefanski right. acting right. like he knows how running backs work. <laughs> right. And now okay. I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm like, I've lost my first frame of two fantasy games and Henry has played horrible. He's my best player. I'm like, God. Oh, I could have picked I could have picked Chubb. <clears throat> He's been very ineffective. I'm I'm surprised. But but now, uh, now on the other side of that coin, I just want you guys to know you'd consider Najee Harris the bell cow for Steel- the Steelers, right? Right. Yeah, right. no doubt. Guess yeah. what? Guess very what? Good. They gave him the ball 15 times. And what did right. they do? And what did they and do? They have it. And that is surprising to me coming from coach. But that I'm surprised that they did that that I'm way. Just saying. Just hey boy, that's a man. I'm telling you, know you I'm that you can okay, you cannot have seen a game at all. Go right to the rushing stats. Not even looked at the score, and look at the feature back for each side and see who got less than 20 carries. I guarantee you, more than eight times out of ten, that's going to be the team that lost the game. Yeah, no, tell me yeah. that the running game is not important still in the NFL anymore. If you like, okay, whatever. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. One thing I've noticed about the Chargers, okay? Very <clears throat> talented team. But that coach of theirs, he he's the kind of guy that's into analytics so tough, he's going to he's going to coach himself out of a lot of games. You know, the idea that a pass and a run after the catch is more exciting than a handoff and getting a bunch of yards to me, is just a specious notion at best. I, I get just as excited off of a run as, I mean, I know the NFL, what they're doing. You know, it's right. a passing well, okay. game. I, I just want to say, if you had a guy of the stature of a, a Josh Allen, let's say, right, who could throw the ball like that, 
you might not say that. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying, I was going to get at something that's, I think the whole running back thing in the NFL is a little more deeper. It, it does have a strong stench of the fact that, look, they took they a while, you know, some odd years back, they made it toward defensive backs have to play a little less off of receivers. I mean, they call pass interference more than they used to. You can't be as rough with receivers. Yes, receivers like going over the middle. Right. Nobody's using that for his five yards. Well, I, I, want, I want to say this, well, too. And here's the other thing the Cleveland Browns should say how lucky we are for Nick Chubb. Because for a guy five years in to still be running at the level he is, that's the anomaly, guys. Look right. at Zeke. Well, I mean, Zeke is true. being outdone by Pollard in 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 Texas. Yeah, Zeke okay. got a problem. I don't know what it is, but Zeke he, don't have a problem. Zeke is a running back that's got more than five to seven years on the on the tread, dude. They don't last, dude. They take punishment. Well, what I was about to guess, what I was about to get into. I was finishing the fact, look, you got receivers. You can't hit receivers over the middle, okay? The other thing to that, okay, so receivers have it a little easier than they used to. Running backs, I mean, running backs got a little bit harder. You're putting those major athletes are right up on the line now, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay? And it, let's be honest, the same athletes that were being put at running back position a long time ago, let's just look at them, okay? Chubb is a beast, okay? But if you look around the league, you don't... The you know running, what's really weird about The running about back Chubb. isn't the same. You know what's really weird about Chubb? When you look at him in his uniform, he doesn't look so big. Until he's next to another guy, though. Until when he's next to run, another dude. That's right. Yeah, he when you actually like, see him running, these guys are trying to tackle him. You're like, okay, his legs are kind of big. Yeah. I mean, I tell you, I tell you what. I looked at uh, Nick Chubb standing next to Kareem Hunt from behind, and I looked at Nick Chubb's calves, and I'm like, oh my god. And then I looked at Hunt's calves, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, they're both. They are both. <laughs> well, but Nick Chubb is clearly. I think rightfully so convinced that absolute fitness and continuing to exercise for strength and the other stuff that he does is how he's going to stay healthy in this league. Okay. Well, right. I mean, and let me tell you, look, did you see that squat video? Oh yeah. I saw it. Was okay. it 600 well, some pounds? It's ridiculous. Well, whatever it was. Look at Barry Sanders, right? This is, I mean, Chubb doesn't use moves the same as what Barry did, right? But what was Barry? Barry's legs were huge. But he got a nice little stutter step he done added to his game. He does. He does. (laughs) But, I mean, that's obviously not, look, Barry's my favorite back. I don't think Chubb had that his first couple seasons, did he? No, he might have added that. But what I'm saying, the the comparison, though, him, uh, Maurice Jones drew, okay, Chubb, those legs, man. And you saw it last night. There was a guy who tried to make a tackle on Chubb, right? And he made a move into him, and the guy was on his leg and fell right off his leg. I guess it's that brown okay. and orange. I mean, it's just a really slimming uniform for him, right? Right, right. I don't That's know. That's it, yeah. Um, but, what, but getting into what my last point about the whole running back dynamic is I don't just don't think the same athletes are put at running back that they used to. You look at guys, you got Jim yeah. Brown and all these guys. It's just Marcus Allen. Look how big Marcus Allen. I mean, you just don't, it's the same kind of athletes aren't put at the running back position, okay? You know, right. three games in, the Browns haven't worn their white jerseys yet. Oh, you have, we have not, huh? That's right. Oh, Brown jerseys stuff. the whole way, baby. <clears throat> I like the way, hey, they always win when they wear the orange pants. By the way, just wanted to add that little tidbit in. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Just don't. I like I mean, the merch band. I don't. I don't want to put anything on anything with what we got coming down the pipe. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna get I, ugly, I, guys. After the Falcons, it gets weird. Okay. I think we could beat the Falcons, but uh, San Diego does. Well, let's talk about the Falcons. No. Okay. Let's talk they about the Falcons. Well, yeah, they lost two games, but we don't care about what they lost. We want to know who they are. Okay. So hold on just a second while I pull up their roster and we can do some talking about it. 2022. That's the year, right? Atlanta Falcons. I want their roster. Okay, here we go. The Atlanta Falcons 2022 roster. And this is right off of AtlantaFalcons.com. Okay. Roster. Let's sort them by position. All right. For cornerbacks. Who cares, right? You got any of right. these guys any good, Jeff? Tell me if you recognize any names. You got AJ Terrell, Casey Hayward, Darren Hall, Mike Ford, and D. Alford. I mean, no names that completely stand. Exactly. Okay. Defensive end, Matt Dickerson. Defensive lineman, Taquan Graham. Timmy Horn, defensive lineman. Defensive lineman, Grady Garrett. Grady Jarrett. And uh, defensive lineman, Anthony Rush. Well, he's got a really good name for a defensive lineman, right? Anthony Rush. You ought to improve your pass rush. That's what I do. I rush. That's right. I come from a long line of rushers. He's so funny. So what are they? uh, Kevin Smith uh, is their fullback. Uh, Inside linebackers. Let's see. Troy Anderson, Rashawn Davis, Nick Kwiatkowski. You see, I'm looking for a name that I even recognize here. This looks like some hodgepodge guys, man. I don't think I'm we're going to have much of a problem what, here. What 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 are they rated? Uh, you know, in the uh, power I'm power. Their, I'm looking at their roster. Oh, the, the power rankings. I don't know. Thirty two, maybe. They're what? They're not. Look, listen. Every NFL team should be taken seriously by every other NFL team coming to their stadium to play them. Okay. No, you can't take but any if you're, team. Yes. But, and, and by the way, the danger in the Atlanta Falcons is they're that kind of team this year that you could look over. You could look past. You could count yep. this win yep. before you yep. get it. But the Browns, yep. you make no mistake about it. The Browns are supposed to win this game. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Um, I, I, quarterback yeah, I, Marcus Mariota. That's the quarterback my, we're going to be facing. Okay, he's not. He's. I mean, he's not a bad quarterback, right? Uh, running back wise, the Corderell Patterson, I would guess, is their feature dude, right? Right. Uh, let's see. What do they got going at wide? At, let's see. Tight end. They got. Kyle Pitts. Okay, Kyle Pitts. You got to watch for him. He's going to be a security blanket target for Mariota. Okay, and Kyle Pitts, very versatile athlete. Okay. All right. Wide receivers. Let's see who they got. Uh, Wow. Kadero Hodge. Drake London. Demir Bird. 
And that's it. Like, and they, they, they got other guys. They got Jared Barnhart, uh, Brian Edwards, and, and Olamide Zacchaeus. Okay. None of these guys, like I said, the first three names I named, that's going to be about the danger involved. But this is a team that the Browns <clears throat> should be able to take. Yes. Not with their eyes closed. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not with one hand tied behind their back. Just competent playing of the game of football. Again, it's a turf game. It's going to be played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And that is Merce- okay. is that Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta? I think so. Okay. I think it is. Too. Um, but you know, long story short, it's turf. Okay. So you want to make sure that your guys are wearing the right shoes to play in this environment. You don't want them sticking too hard. You want, you know, the, the, it's a faster track when you're playing turf, but it can be hell on knees. Okay. So you got to be careful. Got to wear the right shoes. I'd be, I'd be spying on the Falcons, see what they wear. Cause they're the guys <coughs> that know, right? No doubt. Anyway, so thoughts on the game. Again, we got a whole week and a day to wait before this game comes, but hey, what the heck? We haven't even seen what the Falcons are going to do tomorrow. I anyway, predict who, who 31. They yeah, play? right. They play the Seahawks. They, oh, they play the Seahawks? Is that who they play? Yeah. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday, 925, the Seahawks. Yeah, this I, is a weird position because it's like <clears> them play. I predict a 31-17 win for the Browns over the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, wow. Okay. How about you, Jeff? You got any thoughts? Um, I have this. I have a weird feeling with the Falcons and the uh, Mariota thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can run. I do think we're going to win. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll have more trouble with Mariota than we just had with Trubisky. Ah, very possible. Because I don't think... Cool. Just, just for this reason, I do not. Well, it may play a little bit in our favor in this, in this respect, okay, or not, okay. I, I think this depends. I don't think he's going to be as easy to get to, and we didn't get to Trubisky very. No, we didn't. I mean, we just um, we did hurry him up, but we didn't get to him. Well, we may, let me put it this way: he may be easier to get to. I don't think he's going to be as easy to bring down. Okay, and I think okay. he's going to be able to make plays with the fact that he isn't going to be easy to just bring down. Okay? Right, right. And he's—I don't expect a whole bunch of long passes from him. Okay, but um, I have not watched. I honestly have not looked at stats or watched much of what he's done this season. But I know he's supposed to be a fairly accurate quarterback. It's supposed <clears throat> to be one of his his goods. Okay, I think. Okay. I'm I'm not I'm not like I said, I'm not too big on Mariota past what he what he did in college. I know because he's supposed to be a fairly accurate quarterback. I don't know what what his misgivings has been up to this point. What decision making? I don't know. Um it's been a little of all of that, and then it was very convenient for uh you know, remember they brought Tannehill in in Tennessee and they didn't bring him in directly necessarily to replace um, Mariota. Remember, Tannehill's first team was the Dolphins, and it right. didn't work out there. 
Okay. It didn't work out there for him. So they brought him in to have some kind of a solid go-to guy if Mariota went down because Mariota is known to take off and run. And he spent a good portion of time in his first three, four seasons with the Titans injured. So okay. they wanted, yeah. but, but the, the rest is history. Tannehill came in for an injured Mariota and Mariota never came back. No. Right. Now, right. now, but wait, now they got Tannehill remorse in, in, in Tennessee. Yeah, they now, do. Now I'm looking at the stats here. Okay, his first game, he didn't throw any picks. Only threw 200 and something yards. His completion percentage was right on the 60 mark. He only had a 79.7 quarterback rating. Okay. Next game, he's on 65% through two pick touchdowns and two picks. Okay. Came out with an 81 quarterback rating. Um, right. Yards per catch are, are um, fairly low, the 6.5. Like I said, it doesn't look like he's going long very much. I don't expect that. Did, did, from what I've seen of his play style, is very, you know, to the guy, it's open, hit the route fast. I mean, that's the, that's you, why I you said. You want to know what I think his... about his play style, guys? What's that? You just think Jacoby Brissett. You think so? And maybe no. not as accurate. Maybe not as accurate. Not as <clears throat> yeah, maybe not as accurate. Um, I thought he was a little more mobile than Jacoby, though, no? Oh, yeah, I would definitely. I don't know about that, guys. I'm just, I mean, Jacoby's not known to take off and run, but we've seen him do it, and he does it fairly effectively when he does. I, I, I like that one spin move he had. How That's he what I'm trying to tell you. And, and the one thing yeah. else, I can tell you, the other thing we've got in Jacoby Brissett that we have not had in a quarterback for some time in Cleveland, this guy is the actual right size to play the position. 6'4", 220, way I understand that it. That is true. That is true. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I said if Jacoby Brissett actually for the Browns plays any better than he is right now, okay, if we don't start him, somebody else probably will. No doubt. I mean, it it reeks of it right now, okay? It reeks of the whole, like, late, mid-career, because it'd really be more like mid-career for Jacoby, mid-career up spurt. If he plays any better than he has right now— there's a yeah, lot of guys that do this. They come into the league and for the first four or five years of their career, whatever the reason is, they don't catch on, they don't take off, and then they get that perfect situation, and Vinny it happens, and it happens. I mean, these Vinny have T, some famous ones. Vinny. Vinny T, yeah, honest to goodness, the, the, the reason I think Testaverde isn't probably going to be at some point a Hall of Fame quarterback <laughs> is because of injury. Vinny Testaverde yeah. was injury-plagued. I stand okay. corrected. Six four two thirty one. Okay. Rich Gannon's another one that comes to mind. Yes, my sir. Mind. Rich Gannon. Yeah, he was a journeyman for years, and then he caught on with the Raiders, and and they had one hell of an offense that year. Yes, yeah, they did. Still yeah. one of the best offenses of all time, actually. Yeah. Already. Well, guys, that about does it. It's time to yeah. get the hell out of here. And uh, let the rest of the NFL week of play take place. And uh, and we will be sitting back watching. Wouldn't that mean, you know, not necessarily a doggy in the fight, right? Right. Yeah. But I kind of like that. I can just yeah. watch. I don't. I already know my team won. I can root against the Bengals. I can root against the, the Ravens. Because I yeah. already know what happened to the Steelers. Yes, sir. Yes, I do. 
Yeah. And man. by the way, next Thursday night should be good. It's Dolphins Bengals. Oh, I Dolphins going to destroy them. Oh, I let's watch the Dolphins this week. I mean, listen, I was terribly impressed with what Tua did against the Ravens. I'm going to show me twice, man. Show me twice. Show me twice. Right. Show me that again. Yeah. I mean, I want to me believe twice. in Tua, but I got to have something to believe in. <laughs> Meantime, I mean, I'm beginning to believe in Jacoby Brissett. I'm, I'm. Oh yeah. Like I said, I'm, <clears throat> let's let them go to to Atlanta, win the game they're supposed to win, okay? And then he's got his real challenge. I mean, that's I, really I, what I, I gotta see, do. isn't it? Isn't it? I yeah. mean, because the, the look, the Jets should have been a win, okay? Should have been a win. Yeah. So we cannot. We got to go to Atlanta. We got to put the foot down and say, look, it's the, hi there. I'm the Cleveland Browns. Come to town. Take your women and drink your beer. Right, 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 and then his real, and I, I really think this is you. I think as soon as it happens, if it does, it's all you're gonna hear about. Okay, if he wins in Atlanta, and then we go and we can pull a big win out against the Chargers, he'll he's gonna get his talk because they're yeah, that's what it's all gonna be. Be is what well, should we just not impossible? Second? All right, guys. Well, that about does it for this episode of TBF, a Browns fans podcast. You want to you want to hear us talk about the Browns again? Will you come next week when we talk about the Browns victory in Atlanta, Georgia over the Atlanta Falcons? Until then, in the meantime, the in-between time, until it's that time, this is Paul, Hugh, and Jeff for TBF, a Browns fans podcast saying we're out. Basement Tapes Production. Yeah.